Yo, it's Julian on the Brown Note and a review of All the Old Knives, which is my most underrated film of the year. Released with no fanfare on Amazon Prime. Um, quite why, I'm not really sure. Muted response from critics. From um, Always Trust Danish Directors. Seriously, you can live by that. Janus Metz Pedersen, mainly done documentaries and stuff like that so far. I think this is his first major film. A spy film. Um, we from Olin Steinhauer, who's an American best-selling author of spy novels and the like. Has he done one that's really famous? The Tourist appears to be the most famous, which was also made into a film. And this one stars Chris Pine and Sandy Wee, as she is now known, not Sandy anymore, Newton, who interestingly... On her, I don't know when this was made. It was it was made a few couple of years back. I think it was finished and sort of meandered its way to the screen. But Sandiwi has been um, very well publicised. Breakdown of apparently her mental health and her marriage and um, her behaviour on her last film set, uh, with people clamouring to send her into rehab. Uh, all very bleak. Um, and that's not this film. This was this is current film she sort of exited stage right off of that one and some um, some pretty big name um, support Lawrence Fishburne and Jonathan Price now this is a film that establishes itself around a dinner meeting between Sandiwi and Chris Pine and extrapolates the whole movie from their conversation over a dinner table which might not sound cinematic but I can assure you it is this uh, so it starts with um, there's a passenger hostage situation in Vienna. Islamists take a plane hostage. The CIA in Vienna become involved and it all goes to hell in a handbasket and all of the terrorists and all of the hundred or so passengers die. Which we see at the start and basically everyone is obviously distraught but Sandiwi works with the CIA in Vienna and she is madly in love with Chris Pine who's one of their top sort of field operatives which would never happen they have these relationships there's no way the CIA lets you date each other but ignore all of that um, and she flees the scene so as soon as the um, as soon as it comes over the airwaves that basically everyone's dead and there was a CIA operative unintentionally on the plane he was just getting a flight back to vienna and he got caught up in it but he's executed so they find out who he is and uh, execute him and then the whole thing the whole plane gets filled with sarin gas then we jump forward eight years and the, sorry the night it happens sandy sandiwi newton's character spends the night with chris pine and the next morning when they're sort of mulling over the pieces she flees and even though they were hopelessly in love and she was moving, moved in with him, she just flees in tears without any reason. I mean, everyone, it looks like everyone's attributing the trauma of what happened to reasons, uh, why she left, why other people, another guy commits suicide as well. But the longer time goes on, it doesn't quite fit why it happened like that. So... It winds for like she Chris Pine's chasing after and she vanishes and he never sees her again, and it winds forward eight years. In eight years' time, Chris Pine is a very one thing that's great about this film: the makeup 
they they do such a good job on Sandiwi Newton and Chris Pine in the past and eight years later. Really well done. The Martin Scorsese should hit up the makeup artists when he tries to make a film like The Irishman again because I was completely convinced by the younger versions and the older versions. So eight years on, um, Lawrence Fishburne, who's the head of the agency in um, Vienna, comes to Chris Pine and says, we, we've caught the mastermind behind the attack eight years ago. Everyone is saying that what happened doesn't really make sense. Why did it happen like it happened? They want to close off. And we know for a fact that there is the Jonathan Price, brilliant British actor, and Sandy Wee Newton's characters both. Uh, she was like his understudy and they know that a phone call was placed from his office to Iran to uh, a very suspicious number in Iran possibly giving the terrorists the uh, information that there was a CIA operative on the plane and they were going to go for uh, attacking the undercarriage and going into the plane and that was their plan and someone tipped them off so he has to then travel to London and to California to meet the Jonathan Price character and the Thandiwe Newton character to interrogate them, to have a long conversation with them and see if he can pick holes in who they are. He's never seen her since. Uh, she's become married with two kids, but they were really entangled in love and they've never seen each other since the day she ran out of the building. So everything happens backwards and forwards continually in this film. After the establishing sort of um, terrorist incident and so on, and um, he meets with the Jonathan Price character in London first, but all of that is kind of swept into this wider dinner scene where um, Sandiwi Newton and Chris Pine meet at this unbelievably posh California restaurant overlooking the ocean. I think in the Pla Carmel. I think in the place where Clint Eastwood was the governor. Wasn't he the governor of Carmel County or something like that? The restaurant is so unbelievably beautiful and posh. And they spend an entire evening from the sun going down, from, from sort of like mid-afternoon where there, you know, there's beautiful light coming in all the way through the evening. And they have this conversation. And uh, one of the things I love most about this film is there's just this gradual drip of information. Every conversation seems to have a sentence or two that sort of adds to what's going on. Um, and Chris Pine's gone to meet Sandiwi Newton on the belief that she was probably the guilty party. He's, we know that he's already interviewed Jonathan Price. We don't know what happened there. We see snippets of it and, and sort of like Chris Pine going quite hard at him. But the fact that he's there interviewing Sandiwi kind of gives notion to the fact that he believes that it's actually her. He also has a hitman working with him. And the hitman is there to off the person who, if, if he confirms that she was the traitor, then this hitman is waiting in the wings. Now, this has been marketed as and received as, a, as a, an ordinary, very classy, very well-acted spy thriller, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but it isn't a spy film. It's actually the spy film is the framing device, not just the meal. It's a tragic love film. It's a tragic love story, an unbelievably tragic love story, probably closer to Romeo and Juliet than it is to Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. 
Um, the it's not a film about finding out who the traitor is. These two are shown hopelessly in love and go their separate ways without explanation in a heartbeat. It's a film about both these characters simply uh, simply asking the defining question of their entire lives, which has impacted everything that's happened to them since. Why did you break my heart? It's a love story and a very, very tragic love story, much more than an ordinary spy film. Um, the one thing that I, I found myself really enraptured in is I hate nudity and sex scenes in films. I guess since the, um, you know, the whole sort of Me Too movement thing, every time I see one of those 1980s films where for absolutely no reason the young starlet is naked, I kind of think there's a pervy film producer like Harvey Weinstein that stipulated she did that in the contract because it never has any impact on the story or reason for happening. And the guys rarely do. Here, there is quite a lot of pretty hot sex and nudity but these are older actors both pine and sandiwi newton are pretty much veteran actors their chemistry is electric it's absolutely electric you really do f believe that their characters were hopelessly in love and they are hopelessly heartbroken and all of the sex and the nudity and everything like that really seems to add to the film it adds to the building of their love story as being far more important than finding out who the bad guy is um i thought that the um director janice metz pederson helmed it beautifully the the light the changing light in the restaurant as it moves into evening is almost metaphorical and you get these incredible red glows the performances of pine and newton are absolutely magnificent Newton's had more show-stoppy roles before, but I actually liked her more here because I've seen that kind of character in so many films, and she could have been one thing, but she ends up being about ten different things. And the back and forth between the characters opening up as you realise how deep this rabbit hole goes, I found really riveting. It's a slow film. It isn't a action-packed film. Um, but I never felt that any moment was really wasted. Uh, I felt that all of the conversations were impactful. It's a very adult film. Um, it paints a very human relationship. I was completely subsumed by their relationship, which I hate romances. I, I'm the least romantic person on earth. But I found myself really engaged with this question. Why did you do that to her? And why did you do that to him? And... Um, the build towards those moments being like they had much more substance and interest and just when i thought i got to the last sort of twist of why they'd done in what they'd done to each other and how awful it was there was another one which was actually quite beautiful and lyrical and the way the film peters out is actually really beautiful and heartbreaking um so i thought this was wonderful i thought this was such a better film People say it's not a great spy film. Well, maybe it isn't, but it is a great love story. And it's beautifully shot and paced. The acting and chemistry between the leads is magnificent. And I just think this is the most underappreciated film of the year for me. I was, I was quietly riveted all the way through. There was so much more to this than one of those sort of trite 
the last Chris Pine film I think I reviewed where it was just, you know, he went on a job that went bad in Europe and he was like a, a CIA assassin and it went bad and the government's trying to cover its tracks and he's got to, you know, find get himself to the final boss, the usual story. Those kind of things have no emotional impact at all. Here, the two characters sort of peeling each other apart, trying to work out, why did you do that to me? And the ending in such a heartbreaking moment and, and the revelations almost reminded me of that icon of French cinema, the two films Jean de Florette and Manon de Source, where at the the very last few minutes, the old blind lady in the in the graveyard has this revelation for the main old guy, where he finds out his tragic life was really, you know, it was a result of horrible misunderstanding. And um, she's like, oh, if this is true, this is such a tragedy. And it's just that it just like reframes everything that's happened throughout the whole film. And I kind of felt like that at the end as well. So I'm going to go out on my own on this very underappreciated, under-reviewed film and give, I always get the name wrong, All the Old Knives, I'm going to give an 8.5 out of 10. I absolutely loved it.